You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. It's the amazing Rico Bronia podcast with your host, Evan Roberts. Welcome to another episode of Rico Bronia and No. This is not Evan Roberts, as you can tell. Because I don't sound like him at all. This is Pete Hoffman. Uh, he is Evan right now is doing something with his wife or is hanging with his wife and not watching baseball. He needs to he needs to unwind before he does he gets to Jersey Shore for this kickoff summer tour thing or whatever what they're that we're doing. Uh, it's a little like pre podcast for the kickoff for mm-hmm. the summer. And I'm being joined right now by a very special guest who would not normally be here. However, because Evan is not here, I can get him on because they kind of have an issue. His name is Anthony Gallo. You may know him. He is a digital whiz for WFAN. <laughs> Anthony, welcome to the program. What's going on, Hoff? I'm excited to be here. And yes, while dad's away, the kids play, and I'm allowed to be on the podcast, which I was very excited about. Uh, real quick backstory, uh, just because I'm an honest person, I Evan was upset with me once and he will not let me live it down because I said that John Maine, when, when DeGrom left, I was not panicking. I was okay with it. It, it was, I expected it to come and I to downplay the move said that John Maine was just as an effective postseason pitcher as Jacob DeGrom. And I don't think there was anything else I could have did to upset Evan Moore to the point that he shunned me for a bit and then made me apologize i got gifts out of it he felt bad he gave me gifts but it was deserved and it was a bad take by me but i'm excited to be here i'm excited to talk after a big not, there, first of all there's not much that'll piss evan roberts off i'll be serious besides mm-hmm. mets besides mets actual like the way they play on the field in life there's not many people that can actually piss evan roberts off and you did that so that you should you deserve a prize for that i i, I was gonna say i don't think i've ever seen him more annoyed about anything I could have broken no. his throat, and he wouldn't have been as bad. No, he was he he was legitimately. But it's something that, you know. And again, uh, it's we all have our uh, you know our love for certain Mets, and not saying that he's a fanboy of Jacob Degrom, but I think he views him differently than a lot of the Mets fans. And that that'll well, maybe we'll get into that later on because I am a Jacob Degrom fan, and I am pissed that he's not on this team right now. Uh, but but. I'm curious to see what other people really think of Jacob DeGrom. But regardless, right now, that's the, today's not the day. The time is not the time because the Mets finally win a game. We just had a podcast yesterday with Evan where back-to-back losses versus the Chicago Cubs in really crappy fashion where they couldn't score any runs. It's just another disgusting display of, of offense. And the pitching was subpar, even though Kode Senga did give you five innings yesterday or on uh, on Wednesday. It just wasn't a good performance. Meanwhile, you have Cookie Carrasco going six and two-thirds. After five innings, I'm like, 
I kind of want to see him go back out there again. But it's weird because he's at 80 pitches. I don't really know what Cookie really has left in the tank these days. 80 pitches, five innings, I feel like that's almost good. But they push him out there. He goes six. It's a quick inning. He goes out there for another. He gets a six and two-thirds. And that's like everything and more for this pitching staff. Like mm-hmm. I, It's rare when they get to the sixth inning. When they get to the seventh inning, it's even better. Uh, and they just need to save the bullpen. And it was just a perfect start for someone who's been struggling all season and for a team that needs that, you know, that that that, that real big kick to the you-know-what to, like, wake up and and have a really great pitching performance. Now it was also piggybacked by 10 runs on top of that, which was really nice. But that didn't come until later. I mean, a game exploded. It got out of hand a little bit later on. No, I, I you, you nailed it on the head. And my biggest concern is with the bullpen is when they do get elongated, I think the bullpen is good when we needed to get, you know, two, three innings. But when you're now pitching them in the, you know, fifth inning, it, it's where we've struggled. And it was nice to just see Cookie come out, pitch well, because I would have taken a start of just five innings, two runs, three runs, and been happy with it. But the fact that he was able to go not only you know, the seven innings, but, or, you know, six innings plus and only give up the one run. I get it's a Cubs crappy lineup and, you know, there's no reason to get too excited about it, but I'm just happy he did this. And it was nice to see that the lineup came to play today too. Uh, and, and the big guys were the ones that carried us tonight. Do you say that Carrasco, like, you know, you know, if you, he got five innings, that would have been nice and that you would settle for that. But like after having uh, McGill be crappy, you know, Sanga, again, even though he got five innings, it wasn't efficient. It wasn't good. You're waiting for Verlander and Scherzer to do that. It was good to see Carrasco do that, to be fair. No, yeah, and, and he they needed it. I mean, I wasn't expecting it. I had no hope for Carrasco to be – I'm not saying I thought he was going to be awful tonight, but I was just like, give me what you could give me because we haven't gotten really anything. And I like I was just I just needed him to get through the five innings, and it was nice that he got through the six and two thirds. He was super efficient. Uh, we, you know, we were out to eat, and you know, I look up, and he's only at you know whatever it was, eighty pitches going into the fifth, and I was shocked. It was the most efficient start, maybe besides saying good start against the Rays. Oh, and, and Verlander's eight inning start also, yeah. but he he was efficient, and it was nice yeah, to see like with everything. Yeah, Ver- Verlander by far had the best. Like, like, look at this. Look at it this way, right? Like, for, for a while there, we had the Joey Lucchese start, which probably was the best of the season when he went seven. But now we've piled on. We've gotten some people that have gone deeper. Verlander went deep. Sanka went deep. Uh, and now, and now uh, Carrasco went deep. So we've actually put together a decent, you know, decent array of of starting, uh, you know, starting performances by pitchers where we could say, you know what the season isn't all crap for starting pitchers because that's been the biggest fault right now, this whole team. Now let's rewind it because the one thing we didn't talk about was the lineup came out and Daniel Vogelback was in the lineup, which meant Mark Vientos was not in the lineup again, two days in a row, mm-hmm. which I know that's going to piss that pissed off so many people. First of all, it pisses people off because a, what is Vogelback still doing in the lineup, but also B why is Vientos being called up and not playing? Like he's now, I think it was like three out of four games he didn't play and he got pulled before in, in one of the last performances. It's just, he hasn't had enough bats. And we're sitting here going, Vogelback's getting, getting play time. And then 
you hear the rumor that Tomazino's getting called up. He's mm-hmm. coming back. He's off the IL. Okay, so what's the deal there? What what's the move? Is it gonna be is it gonna be Gary Sanchez, which everyone thinks, but with the the way the Mets have been playing everything, it's you know, Guillaume has been sent down. Even though he's more reliable defensively, he he gives you more versatility defensively. Not saying his bat's great, but compared to him to Vogelback, I mean they're both pretty much the same power wise, obviously goes to Vogelback, but he doesn't use it. He's got eight home runs as a Met, and he's had over almost 300 uh, plate appearances. That's not good, especially for somebody who you brought him in here with one specific reason to be a power hitter. So that being said, you de- you you sent down Guillaume because he's got options, which w- led to my concerns about Vientos potentially getting the call to go down and not Gary. Instead, they did the right thing. They sent they DFA'd Gary Sanchez, so Vientos is still on the team. But the fact that he's not in the lineup is very frustrating. Um, but the the lineup goes off. It was good. You know, you have a – you go through the first inning, by the way. It's the same old, same old. Bases are loaded, and you can only scrape away a run because of a sack fly. That is frustrating. I'm glad that the Mets scored first. But that's very frustrating. And then Carrasco goes along and gives the, the run right back up again, the, the home run from Daniel Swanson, and it makes you go, oh, boy, we're, we're, this is going to be a long day. But it, it turned around. You know, I, again, I think it was Beatty again with another hit and Marte with a hit that kind of got two mm-hmm. runs in, and then it was the, the score was 4-1. to one. And after that, it just started to explode. And thankfully, you know, Alonzo gets his 19th home run of the season, MVP, let's go. Where the where the power rankings at? Um, and before you know, it's ten one, and the Cubs have their uh, Tucker Barnhart pitching to, to end the game. Yes, which I oh he was throwing like thirty miles an hour at one point. I think that mentioning the lineup when it came out, um, I wasn't thinking about the roster move. I was just thinking, damn, Vogelbach's in there again. Can't and I, I I'm fine with Kennedy in the lineup, but it's like Vogelbach's in there again. Vientos just feels like he's not getting a, a fair chance. And then if Vogelbach's going to be in the lineup, there's no way Alvarez should be hitting behind him. There's In no world does that make sense. In no world does your slow-footed, well, I don't know about slow, but your not-fast catcher, who is one of your better hitters, should be hitting ninth. If you want to do something like that, hit Marte ninth. Hit somebody with a little bit of speed, you get that second leadoff hitter almost. Like we used to see back in the day when they'd hit like, a guy ninth instead of the pitcher. But I, I hate seeing that. But then the news of Sanchez getting DFA'd. I'm like, okay, not too bad. They, you know, I started to believe the fake rumors that Alvarez was in danger of getting sent down. And I do not think he's getting sent down for Navarez. I hope that Nito is done with and Navarez is the backup. Uh, you know, I, Nito's done his, he's done what he can do. But the lineup comes out today. And if you would have told me that, Marte, Lindor, Nimmo, Alonzo, and Beatty were all going to get RBIs. I would have told you no shot. So it was nice to see that. So you got the great start from Carrasco and a huge outpouring from the lineup. So it made Vogelbach being in there not too bad. The thing about Nito, I, I know that 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 we've done we're done with Nito, right? Like offensively, he does nothing. And I mm-hmm. I, I, I know I know that we've all sit there and say that that Nito is uh, a dead bat, but they love him. And I don't understand this. Their Buck is is notorious about sticking with his guys. He's going to keep on playing Nito as much as possible. Navarro's going to be here. 
it opens up the DH as we, we talked about the last podcast with Evan. It's going to open up that DH aspect to Alvarez's game that he could now play more DH, but it's still a wasted spot. Like here's the thing, Gallo, this Mets team is not good enough right now to continue to to allow to have one-dimensional players. Like Vogelback, Tommy Pham, I, I hate to put more cat in there too because I think he has something to offer, but still mm-hmm. it's not enough right now. Those three guys can go and it would the, the lineup would be better. Ronnie Mauricio adds more. I mean, you look what he's doing every day in the minors. He's going to add something more than what those three guys have. I'm telling you right now. And it's the same thing on, on all levels. I'm seeing all these guys, and it's just like you could even go Escobar, even though he's turned it around a little bit lately. There's too many one-dimensional guys that we just have to move on from. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Well, my thing is with Canna, you know, until Fam gets DFA'd or sent down, traded, like I'm okay with him being on the roster because he's not the one that I view as the weak outfielder even though he needs to be way better. And I'm kind of through with how average he's been below average. But when I look at the roster, one, Navarro should be the backup. I'm done with Nito. And there shouldn't, that shouldn't affect Alvarez. That shouldn't affect Vientos. That shouldn't affect Beatty. And if they're going to call up Mauricio, it makes no sense to keep Fam and Volbach on the roster. I think they would opt to send down, they would DFA Volbach just because he is, positionless at this point and he's giving you nothing and you would still need another outfielder and they probably wouldn't feel the need. He's a lefty bat, but I don't think they value that as much. And you do have a Beatty now, which added a lefty to the lineup or, or to the squad. I just, I, I am confident that they are not as tied to Vito as everyone thinks. I think that they view this situation as not dire, as not like desperate, but that they can't operate like they did at this point last year. Because they are not winning every series. Like they last year, what, what was it? We went two months without losing a series or whatever it was. And I look at the, the way that they're operating this year and I think they feel oh, the urgency. Yeah. yeah. I think they feel the urgency. I, I don't think 
I don't know if any team does this, but I don't think that they are looking at what the Phillies did last year or the Braves two years ago or the Nationals four years ago, how they started extremely slow and still made the World Series. I don't think they're doing that. Like, I think they understand that they cannot fall too far behind. They're only barely sitting in that sixth spot. And we shouldn't even be talking like that in May, but we are. Here we are, you know, kick off the summer, and we're talking about standings. I, and I think that they understand that. So I do think that Nito is not safe. Same thing with Sanchez. I think they called him up because he was going to opt out anyway. So why not give him a shot while the other two guys were hurt? And he failed. No, and I get that. And I agree with that part. I think the Sanchez, they, they, you said that before. And, and I, I agree. They have him here. Why not give him a, see what they have. And thank God they, 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 they turned this around quick. Cause I would not want to sit here for another week of like, Oh well, we have Sanchez here because we can, and and Alvarez has options. Let's send him down for a week because we really want to give Sanchez a shot. No, no, no. They they were done and over with with Gary, and that's great. Um, one thing though that you said um, was just about the lineup and about just you know the, there are guys we talk about Vogelback, and I, I hate to keep on picking on him. Um, but there's guys in this team that are just not carrying weight, and it's really detriment to everybody. Like, Pete Alonso has no protection. That's really what it comes down to. And I, and I hate to say that because they keep on forcing, force-feeding all these other guys out there, and you can't protect him. I mean, listen, Pete Alonso does what he can. He's got 19 home runs this season. He puts put up a ton of RBI. Same thing with Francisco Lindor. Now, listen, Lindor needs to step up a ga- game a little bit. I, 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 I give a BT, a little bit of crap here or there about how good he will turn into. And I think he's so streaky. I saw a stat today about Francisco Lindor, which is crazy to me. In high leverage situations, I think he's got four home runs, 20 plus RBIs. His batting average and OPS are through the roof. But in mid to low situations, mm-hmm. they are completely down. They are like just like non-existent. And he's basically been an all or nothing type of player, which is good because in the clutch spots he's showing up, yeah. but he's not doing it much else. Now is and that's frustrating to me because I'm like, is he just because is he not in enough clutch situations? Is that what's going on? Like there's not enough base runners around for him so to, to him to be into it? Like what the hell's going on there? I think that um and you might have been the one that said this to me, but much like Pete I think that Lindor, when he pre- when the team is pressing, he f- presses more at times. But I do think that, like, I never worry when it's him or Alonzo up in a big spot. And a lot, obviously, Alonzo, there's he you can't ask more from the guy. But I think Lindor in a big spot, I'm comfortable with. I would like to see more consistency. I think that it's a little overblown the crap he gets because he's one of our best players and he's one of the best players in the league and it's far from the issue of why we're not winning because like you said too many guys not carrying your weight you have canna who last year was a plus for us he's not carrying his weight i love Marte, but he has not played well i think he's been playing through an injury i think also not to get sidetracked this team plays through a lot of injuries and you see guys feeling that pressure to like i need to be out here to help us win i think we could have saw Marte go in the the IL when he hurt his neck, um, but he's not carrying his weight. Obviously, we talked about Vogelbach, and I'm I'm with you. I don't want to bag on the guy, and I don't want to rip him, 
he's just, and he's not the main reason, but he's a part of the issue. Like he's a part of the more philosophical issue. And then you have Escobar, who I'm actually a little comfortable with. And it seems that when, once he knew that he was playing and his job wasn't completely done, he seemed to have relaxed a little bit. And he also has, you know, rumored and it seems like it that he's a huge clubhouse guy. So I'd rather not screw that up. But Tommy Pham, same thing. He gets off a lot because he doesn't, he wasn't the deadline deal last year. So he doesn't get the same hate that a Vogelbach gets. But Tommy Pham's given us nothing outside of a couple hits. You know, he did have that one single, um, which I think was the day game against the Rays that gave us the lead. But it's not like he's done anything else. He's been awful in the field. So why not put a Beatty or a McNeil out there? And I think that last year, a plus for us was the bottom of our lineup was hitting most of the season and that the bench was one of the best in the season. We had guys like Travis Janikowski helping out. We had guys, how great Guillaume was for like three months before he got hurt. He went from being on the bench to starting, and we just don't have that this year, let alone the top guys hitting consistently. One thing I, I will I will keep on going back to is Buck is killing me. Like Buck <laughs> continues to – where like we had a good bench last year, and it felt like – Buck was making the right moves at the right times, and he was always finding ways to get people playing time, but it didn't feel as forced. Now it's feeling forced. It's like, you know, it's it's almost like since Billy Epler traded for Darren Ruff and Vogelback, they had to be forced into the lineup ever since then. And it's, it's just if if he acquired somebody. They're getting the time. Like, listen, Naquin didn't see as much time, which is good. Thank God. That was a mess. But, like, this is a problem because there's certain people that should be seeing more time and they're just not doing it. And and to me, it's at the point where Buck does it. He's almost confusing himself. Like, he's almost outplaying himself where we keep on seeing big-time situations where he doesn't know what to do anymore. Like I don't want to say the game's passing him by, but I think he's just he's just lost because he wants to a give his veterans a chance because that's what he is. He's a veteran guy. He he loves his guys. He loves his vets. He loves uh, the people that he can, thinks he can re- rely upon. But when it comes to the young kids, he doesn't trust them. But those are the guys that he has to play. Well, I think that I, I just I actually disagree with that because I think one if these guys are forced in the lineup, I don't think it's Buck. That's forcing them in there. I do think Buck is a player's manager, and part of that comes with the way he treats his vets. And I, I would like to see, you know, the moves work out more, but sometimes, you know, last year, everything was working out, and that's why it felt like he was pushing all the right buttons. At some point, the fans of the world, the Vogelbots, the Mauricios, uh, not the Mauricios, uh, you know, the v- even Vientos, like Guillerme, the, the catching situation, all these guys have to produce. Like, we can't just expect Buck to just put a guy in there and for it to work out. Like, last year you had Janikowski coming up in big spots. You had Guillaume able to slide into the lineup flawlessly and help out. I think that we're also getting burned a bit on, you know, situational baseball where, like, the steals, you know, sometimes if, like, I love being aggressive, but it feels like this year they've been, like, over-aggressive, and I know they've made the bases bigger. But it's hurt us a lot 
I mean, you had the big Nimmo one. You've had it a couple times. I mean, we've seen Alonzo, who, you know, is not the best base runner in the world, you know, make some blunders in that aspect, whether that's coaching or just on his own will. But I also can't blame Buck for the pitching. Like, it's not his fault that Scherzer was so awful to start the season and the rest, the rest of the pitching staff was either hurt or just as bad. Like, I think he was dealt a poor hand. And I don't even – I'm not even ready to really, like, pile on – Epler for the offseason as I am, you know, the deadline I was not happy about, but like even him, like I think that like there's a lot that has the, the he gave Buck a short bullpen, but the rest of it, like we can't be mad about because coming into the season, we were excited. Whereas, and I just can't see Buck being the reason why this is happening. Guys have to start hitting guys have to start pitching. You know, we need to stop trotting out triple a ball players in the middle of relief innings, you know, I, I just can't put this on Buck. Also remember too, we had all that, those situations Dude, where I guys mean, were getting hit and we were like, Oh, Buck's out there for the team. You know what I mean? Like he's going out there for Lindor. We're putting the red cam on him. There's none of that feel good stuff this year. So I think people are turning on him. Like, that's funny because last year, you're right. You totally nailed it. Last year, it was there was all these stories about how he connect, connected with Lindor. It was like don't you, you just sit to the side, like like you do you you do you play your game, and I'll take the rest of it. I'll take the rest of the hits. And Buck's been doing that for the most part. He's been taking the hits. He's been trying to take the hits for all these guys that are out there, all these vets, and it's it's just backfiring now. And now it makes him look bad. You're you're right about that. Um, Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. One thing, though, is that we have to take the big picture here. The one thing that we haven't really focused on, a lot of the, – the Mets have been playing poor baseball. It's been atrocious. And yet they're above 500. They got to 500. And I'm not saying this is like, uh, you know, give them rose petals now. They got over 500 again. But they've been playing some really terrible baseball. And we've talked about how they've been, you know – they they to the bad teams they're playing down to them and they're losing. Uh, but still, they're one game above five hundred. They're still in the mix. Whatever it's the playoffs. It is what I mean. It's it's a long season. Is what it is. But you have in front of you. They're in the you know. BT gave me this stretch. He goes in the next twenty one games. What do you think the Mets will be? It was after the I think the National Series something like that where it was lackluster. It wasn't as good as they should have been. And I think it was the start of the Tampa Bay series. And I said they go they go at the next twenty one games they'd go fourteen and seven. And listen, that might be a little bit like, you know, high expectations, 
But again, I feel like they play up to the because it's a tough stretch. It's they play up to their the teams they play. So right now they're in, in the past nine games. They're six and three. Like that's the type of baseball they just need to win. To what you talk about winning series, we talked about that before. That that's what they're they, now. They didn't win the Chicago series at all, but they're still winning two out of every three games, and that's going to put them above the mark. They're going to put them above five hundred. That's going to get them to that ninety win total that they ultimately need to win games and, and make the playoffs. Yeah, I think you're right, and I don't. This felt good also because it felt like they were going to spiral into one of those long, elongated, like, poor stretches. And this felt good. Not only win and not win on some, like, it was awesome to have the comebacks, but not win on some, like, not fluky, but some major comeback. It was nice to just go out, dominate someone who's with somebody who's not your best pitcher and have an easy, stressful game to the point that Lindor got rest at the end of the game. You know, guys got to sit down at the end of the game and they brought in a position player. Like, we haven't had one of those wins, I think, since early April. Coming up, they're playing the Colorado Rockies, another team that, you know, has been underperforming, hasn't been great. They The, the talent's so wishy-washy. You know, I, I, don't, I still think this team is going to be, you know, the Mets are still going to find a way to be as good as they were last year. And this is the thing. And I don't, I don't, I, listen, I don't want to rag on anybody. I'm not trying to, to cause fights. I'm not trying to cause any sort of like controversy with anybody. But I'm sick and tired of people really poking the buttons of the New York Mets and being like, this team's no good. Mm-hmm. You're going to worry about this guy. You are going to worry about that guy. I look at this Mets team, and it's not about, you know, like, like Francisco Lindor again. We'll bring it back to him for like one second. He's the past two seasons, he's a slow starter. Now, listen, 2021 was terrible, so he never rebounded. But last year, he was so slow. He bounced back so heavy, and they and he had a great season and really led the team to a really good place and was able to carry the team, him and Alonso were able to carry the team. I'm not concerned. Like, am I stupid for that? Like, that's the question that I have for all Mets fans right now. Are we stupid for being, for me, not being concerned that this team, I could be frustrated at the losses. I could be as frustrated as anybody else and be like, what are you doing losing two to three out of the Cubs by by not being able, by Buck, uh, you know, by Buck and Epler basically switching McGill uh, on a Tuesday start rather than put out Sanga on regular rest and then putting Sanga on Wednesday and him still not performing properly. Like, I can criticize and be upset by that, it, it, but still, at the end of the day, this team is still very much a play, playoff contender, and my confidence is still there that they're going to get in the playoffs and hopefully be, have a deep run. I agree, and, and you know how I've been. You know me as a person. I, it's, even though I think it's like cautious, cautious optimism, I think that it's not stupid. Just look at the track record of the division. The three out of the last four uh, NL representatives in the World Series, you know, honestly, the last three full seasons, because, you know, the Dodgers won the World Series in the shortened season. And I think if you look at that, there's no reason to worry. We didn't start as bad as the Phillies last year. We didn't start as bad as the uh, Nationals in 2019. The Nationals were awful. They had like 19 wins through 50 games. So that's how you have to look at it. And everyone's like, that can't be the only reason. Yes, it can. I mean, the, the Phillies were awful last year and they turned it around and it didn't just happen immediately when they fired their manager. You know, there still was a little bit of a skid after that. So 
I, I think that there's reason for hope. We have a lot of stars on this team. Like, I, I, even if they're older guys or they might be on the back end of their careers, we've had a lot of stars on this team. And and we have them right now. Lindor, Alonzo, Marte. You know, I think Nimmo's an all-star. Uh, Jeff, I mean, he has been an all-star too. Jeff McNeil. Look at the pitching staff. As bad as Scherzer's been, I'm confident that he could be uh, – a competitive pitcher, and I'm not worried about Verlander. I was never worried about Verlander. I, I the second he started, he had a poor start, in my opinion, the start. But I was not worried long term. It's the rest of the pitching staff that could be a concern. And if we get starts from guys like Carrasco and McGill, can McGill's had a rough go? It's not all his fault. He's been put in a lot of tough situations with Scherzer and Senga, and I I'm confident Senga is going to get his control and you know his awareness of the American strike zone down very soon and and that's going to be huge because he has awesome stuff and you can see it he's not locating it but he has amazing stuff i'm not worried and i don't think it's stupid to have that optimism and also we're in a new world you know six teams make the playoffs in each league all right let's do some emails here uh just because we like to do that we go to the listeners and uh let's go to douglas peterson hey evan and pete and now gallo because you're part of this uh, I have a few comments on a few questions that, and, and a few questions that I'd like to hear your thoughts on. Daniel Vogelback is Ben Simmons. That's well. First of all, uh, Douglas, I appreciate that, but Vogelback at least plays. Simmons doesn't. So right off the bat, no. I was going to say I'd also say that that's a little unfair to Ben Simmons because at one point Ben Simmons looked like a modern Magic Johnson, you know, for a year or so. Vogelbach's never been anything but one year of 30 homers and a guy who walks a lot. He's a triple-A hitter. Uh, It's tough to compare the two. But I will say this. I will say say this. It's like like Simmons can't shoot the three or can't shoot at all, and Vogelbach wants to win the bat. So they're, they're both uncanny. Yes. They're the same right. players. So that, that actually is a good comment. Wow. I take I it back. Wow. Would you explain it like that? Yes. <laughs> uh, Tommy Hunter and Dominic Leone should never throw another pitch in New York uniforms. Uh, I, listen, t- Tommy Hunter, Dominic Leone, th- they don't need to be on this team anymore. I agree. I've said that for a long Tommy time. Tommy Hunter gave I'm up two scoreless innings tonight, though. I'm trying to be positive. Uh, Dominic Leone just felt like a, a Band-Aid, not somebody who's going to be but, here long term. But, but Gallo. Right, so here's the thing. I look at the uh, again. This is another thing. This is another Epler thing, right? Like they keep on bringing these old. I'm not sure if it's Epler or Buck. They keep on bringing these older pieces in. Hunter obviously has the ties to Buck, right? So that I mean, yeah, to Buck. So that that's part of it. But then you have Dominic Leone, who's here, that's not pitching well. John Curtis had a great spring training. I know he came off the Tommy John surgery. I know all this stuff about that, you know, that it, it was rough for him to come back. It's a whole rehab. I get that. But he had a good spring training. He had some amazing numbers in Tampa, I believe in Miami as well. Like, but because of the options, they sent him down. And then you bring a Dominic Leon. Like, what, what, like, why are we going that route? We could, I know Curtis, the last couple games he pitched in the, uh, the majors weren't very w- good. They didn't look well at all. They, they were not good at all. But I don't understand how he's the one who gets optioned, and yet you haven't DFA'd Tommy Hunter, Dominic Leone, or some of these other guys that are just like scrubs. And I, it's no offense, but I mean, listen, sometimes the t- your time is up. Well, 
I think that's fair, but I, I look, none of these guys are guys I'm afraid of losing. So I agree with you on that, but I also I'm not like the biggest Curtis fan, and I don't know where the relief help comes from in the minors. I think a healthy rotation is something that could maybe aid the bullpen because guys could slide into the bullpen when we are healthier in the rotation, if we get healthy in the rotation. I, I don't know if – like Tommy Hunter, I don't like him, but right now I don't know where they go, and I don't know who – our options, like who, where where the guys are coming from. And I don't expect Dominic Leone to be here long-term. And and it felt like a move, again, like a Band-Aid. I know I just said that, but when they were playing Detroit, it was like they picked them, uh, they pick them up at, during the series before they played one of the games. So it just felt, it felt like a quick move that they felt they had to make because the bullpen spiraled and they didn't overwork to, to you know, way too overwork. We're going to get into a lot of the – uh, moves that the Mets could have made in the in the offseason they chose not to in a, in a couple podcasts. I know Evan and I have teased it a little bit because um, there's some guys that I've been like were clear as day guys that the, the Mets should have gone for and they chose not to do it and they go for these retreads. And listen, I, again, you can't get everybody in the offseason. I mean, it doesn't make a difference. Like Steve Cohen has a ton of money. I agree with that. Like I, I agree that he has a ton of money. And he's willing to spend it, but that doesn't mean you're going to get everybody. Like so, anybody that thinks that Steve Cohen is just out there, just because you're out there and and are going to get paid, that Steve Cohen's going to pay you, that's not a guarantee. Like, look, we're sitting here talking about Vogelback constantly, mm-hmm. and that guy is making a 1.5 million dollars. That's the type of guy we're talking about right now. Is Vogelback? He's making 1.5 million. Dollars. Mm-hmm. It's not a lot of money. But that's who we're talking about. Meanwhile, there's other guys. We're talking about Shohei Otani in a couple of years. You know, hopefully next year it'll be a Met. $500 million. I mean, it's it's the, the ups and downs of these players that we're talking about. Just because Cohen has the money doesn't mean he wants to dish it out to everybody or he's going to willingly dish out to everybody. So, but we'll have a podcast about the guys that, that the Mets missed on because they totally missed on a bunch. Um Mets seriously need to think about a trade for some offense, especially if Buck refused to play Mark Vientos. That's the problem. Gallo, like we have a whole, you know, list of young talent that's ready, ready and ripe to play. And they should be here now so that we don't have to trade for them, that we could trade for arms instead. Well, I, I don't think that they need to trade for offense. If you're making a trade right now, you need to go trade for pitching. Um, I would rather see them go trade for pitching because I do believe in the young guys, and I think that it would be easier at the deadline to piece together a bench than it would be to piece together a starting rotation. And I think you can pounce. Um, I don't want to, like, you know, I know you said you're going to dive into it. I mean, there's teams, you know, watch the White Sox. That could be a team that gets blown up. I know you've said to me in the past you don't want anything to do with them, but there are options there that could be cheap, uh, that wouldn't cost you a major prospect that could help elongate a bullpen or maybe help the uh, rotation or maybe help the bullpen. I'm not – the offense is not what I want to trade for right now. I'd rather hold out and wait for the deadline and hope that the pitching uh, subsides. Mets have a schedule coming up. Again, they're playing Friday in Colorado, making the road trip to Colorado. problem is that they've always sucked in Chicago. They suck in Colorado. So it's like it's these two teams – 
are are not good that they're playing, but they just always have bad records against it. So it's going to be a tough one uh, as far as just what we expect. Um, but they're playing three games in Colorado. They're going then after that they play the Phillies at home uh, next Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, followed by a nice homestand with the Blue Jays. So it's it's not going to get any easier. But looking forward to see what happens. And again, I still feel very confident that even though they haven't played great baseball, that they're going to start winning more and more games just because their Buck is going to be forced his hand to start playing the young kids. He has to. And the pitching is starting to get, get a little bit better with, with you know with the ebbs and flows. So it's starting to take place. Everything is kind of starting to mold together. And this is kind of what we're looking for. The the, the Mets are starting to play like those Phillies, those those Nationals, those Braves teams that were underperforming and then started to really put things together and make their way into a World Series run. I'm not saying World Series right here, but I'm saying I'm very confident that this Mets team will 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 certainly be making the playoffs. And it's just all kind of co- – slowly coming together. I just want to thank Anthony Gallo. Thank you for, for showing up and uh, getting preparing us for this kickoff tomorrow uh, on WFAN. I appreciate you having me. I'm sorry about uh, a little bit of choppiness on my phone, but I, I was excited to talk Mets. You know I love talking Mets with you. It was nice to have it recorded for the public. Yes, and I'm glad that uh, Evan's not here so we could do this and him not tell mm-hmm. me that the gal's not invited. But thank you for listening to another episode of Rico Bronia, and we will be back on uh, – look forward to Sunday, an episode with the return of Evan Roberts. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Rico Bronia podcast. It's amazing, isn't it? Make sure you download it now to keep it on you at all times. <laughs>